I go where I want to go. And where I want to go is to the bathroom in Scott's shoes. Welcome to a special summer series episode of the Mutant Musings podcast. It's July 2019, and we'll be discussing episodes of X-Men the Animated Series. I'm your host, Jonathan, and with me, as always, is my very own Storm, Mistress of the Elements. Howdy! Here's your friendly reminder that you can leave us a comment on this episode's webpage on geekade.com, leave us ratings and reviews on iTunes or anywhere else you find our podcast, follow us on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast, and follow us on Twitter at mutant musings. We love all things X-Men related, including the bright and colorful cartoons we're about to discuss. But the cartoons we'll be discussing aren't the only things that are bright and colorful. Our language is positively beaming with curses and innuendo. Beaming so hard, it'll make you want to yell, Jean! As you give her nothing else to do but orgasm in the X-Mansion. Like that sexy picture I'm painting to you right now? There's your explicit content warning. So I just wanted to give a warning, I guess. None of these... NSFW. No, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that the episodes that we're talking about have like zero gene moments in them and i'm really upset that the episodes that we picked there's nothing with gene we didn't pick them yeah we didn't, we didn't really pick them we though. didn't pick them so so what do you want to say to the fans so, patty <laughs> no, no no i'm just i'm just saying i am listener <laughs> i am uh kidding disappointed because I'm like, when are we going to see Jane do anything? And she <laughs> did not do anything. So, so no, not actually fuck you, listener. Thank you to, to the listeners. Um, it really means a lot. We had a, a lot of people comment on Twitter and Instagram and uh, give your suggestions for episodes to discuss. And so, you know, I took all of them and tallied up all the votes. I had to make one executive decision because there was like a three-way tie and uh, one of those episodes happened to be Night of the Sentinels. And I was like, well, okay, if we're going to discuss the X-Men animated series, we might as well start at the beginning and discuss two ep- the, the first two episodes, which is the two-parter, Night of the Sentinels. But yeah, so, so this, wasn't really up to, uh, this wasn't really up to us. This was up to, the, this was up to the listeners. But it's neat. And so we got to watch a few episodes and, and we're going to talk about them. Yeah, and uh, I never watched them all in order blasphemy yeah well okay this show came out the year that i was born (laughs) and so i was watching them on reruns on you know saturday morning cartoons when i was very young so i don't remember like anything of this show and i wasn't able to watch in order i just watched it whenever they were airing it on saturday no, that makes sense. Uh, I started I started reading comic books uh, probably within a year before this came out, and I was so excited when X Men: The Animated Series came out, and I watched it from the beginning. I did not watch it all like all the way through to the end, like all of the seasons, all of the episodes. But for at least a few seasons, I this was like one of my favorite shows. Aside from like Ninja Turtles, had kind of you know wasn't that great, but I still love them. Uh, and Batman the Animated Series. And I also loved the Mega Man cartoon when I was little because I was stupid. That is an example of a show that did not age well. But to my dumbass, like, 10-year-old mind, that was a great show. But X-Men the Animated Series was great. I looked forward to it more than anything. I remember going out for, like, playdates on Saturdays and having my grandparents tape a few of the episodes for me because that's what we had to do back then. Uh, so, so, yeah, I really loved this cartoon. But I hadn't, I mean, I've watched some episodes here and there over the years, but I never 
went back and watched many of them, and I certainly haven't watched all of them from beginning to end, and that's something we're going to have to do at some point. I would love yeah, to do it's, that. it's not currently streaming on anything. So like, that needs to change. Yeah, so that needs to change, because, like, as of now, when we looked it up, you could just, like, buy the seasons or whatever digitally online, which I feel like is kind of a waste. If you're going to buy it, you might as well just buy the DVDs. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I'll look into if they have any complete sets or whatever because it should just be on netflix or whatever but or you the listener can just donate them to us yeah that would yeah, be yeah fine. just <laughs> just send them to uh to geekade to mail at geekade.com that's <laughs> in the subject line right mutant musings uh no i would i would love to sort of just binge all of the X-Men cartoons because this is our first episode of, of our summer series. I would like to do this again in the future and maybe pick more episodes and different episodes that we can talk about because, you know, this is a good time sitting down and watching the few episodes that we could and, uh, and talk about them. So obviously where we're going to start is with Night of the Sentinels, part one, and it opens with Sabretooth beating up some rednecks. And that was a great way to open it. Because mutants are a threat, right? Yeah. Yeah. And who doesn't want to see Sabretooth beating up rednecks? I mean, I do. <laughs> okay, great. But, you know, I mean, the, the the introduction we get to the X-Men, it's not like the X-Men at first, it's Jubilee. So, kind of like what, what they're doing is they're setting up this world where mutants exist before we get like an official introduction to the X-Men. And so obviously on TV, we're supposed to be scared. We're supposed to be scared of Sabretooth, even if he is beating up rednecks. Uh, and then, you know, we get... Sabretooth did nothing wrong. <laughs> and then and then we get, we get introduced to Jubilee. And, you know, her foster parents are, you know, like all concerned about like what they're going to do with her. And then there's a sentinel. And the Sentinel almost hurt a dog. Yeah. And I'm really glad that the Sentinel didn't hurt a dog because I knew Patty was going to be upset. I would have been upset. You would have been so upset. So there is so much property damage in this show. <laughs> like, it's the whole, like, why was that necessary to fly out the window when you could have just opened the door kind of thing. So the Sentinel just reaches into her room and just destroys the entire side of the house trying to get her out of her room. And she's not even there. She's at an arcade. Yeah. And the parents uh, are like, Jubilee, are you okay? After yeah. like, the side of the house is destroyed. It was pretty, <laughs> it was pretty funny. And uh, so she, she sneaks out to the arcade and she's playing a video game. And this is the great fucking part where she like accidentally blows up the machine. And yeah. the guy's like, yeah, do you know how much that thing costs? And she's like, yeah, a quarter. But she puts the shades on. Yeah. And sips her soda when yes. she says that. Just like. She's so gangster. In this I show. know. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I don't know. I feel like now I kind of see based on like how her powers looked in the show, why everybody thought that she was kind of like a joke. And put her on those, like, Stop worst X-Men lists. Boo. No, I mean... Boo you. Listen. <laughs> I love Jubilee, but I, I get it. She was so cute, though. She, she was. was so she cute, was adorable. And she was so funny. And, I mean, she was a teenager. Like, you know, what did, what did she know? You know, but she had to be kind of, like, I think, the the dumb, lovable, uh, young character to get us sort of introduced to, like, the big, serious X-Men who, like, you know, know what they're doing and have control over their mutant powers and, like, act as a team. So, like, we're kind of learning about this world along with Jubilee. But, yeah, it was uh, it was a very silly introduction, but very enjoyable. So she's in the mall. You know, the fucking Sentinel tracks are there. And, again, the Sentinel's just stepping on cars and knocking buildings and just walks right into the mall. And he's like, 
Like, don't worry, I'm here to serve and protect. <laughs> He's, like, breaking everything. It's hilarious. But then we get introduced to Storm and Rogue when Jubilee bumps into them. And, and they look great. But my favorite is Gambit flirting with the, uh, with the lady in, yeah, the, in the store. at the fancy card store. <laughs> the, the pl- not like a Hallmark store, but a place that sells fancy playing cards or something. She needs his cards. Where Whatever. else are you going to go? But then, you know, she's, she's thinking he's all sexy. And she's like, you, she's like, you must like to play cards. And he's like, I like solitaire, okay? Unless I got someone to play with. <laughs> that, was, that was beautiful. But, but like, what is that a metaphor for? Is that, like, I like to play solitaire? Like, I like to masturbate? <laughs> yeah, he can play by himself. But, you know, if there's somebody he can play war with or something. What? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, go fish. I don't know many card games. Yeah, go fish taco. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure, uh, you know, the Cajun is used to going fish. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Cajuns love the fish tacos, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah they, sure they do. Sure Put they the do. the gumbo in the taco. I don't know. But the- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but you know, Storm and Rogue, they looked fucking great. And when they just, like, fly off into action, you know, like Storm, I don't know, like, somehow gets that costume on just with her electricity. And uh, she's got all, like, the flowy cape and shit. She looks beautiful. And Rogue goes and fucking punches a sentinel. And Jubilee's like, did you see what she did? And Storm's just like, yes, Rogue has a way with men. Like, the, the lines here are just fucking invaluable. I love them. They are so precious. Some of them are funny. You know, like, some of them you can kind of laugh at. Not like, oh, my God, they're so stupid. But just, like, funny. But, uh, no, some of them are, are absolutely priceless. I, I love it. Cyclops comes in, yells for Jubilee to get down, and just, like, blasts the Sentinel. And they get Jubilee back to the fucking mansion. And that's where we meet Morph. And this was really interesting because, you know, I mean, most people who know this show, and most people do, is, you know, Morph was loosely based on Changeling. You know, a very minor character who played sort of a quote-unquote important role, pretending to be Xavier for a while in the 60s. But, like, this was the first time we really had this this character based on him given any real personality, and they gave him a lot of personality. Now, obviously, bad things happened to him in, you know, the next part of this episode. I and- was so upset. He was, like, <laughs> the best character on the show. Yeah, and he, he comes back throughout the series, you know, but this is the character where we get, like, the Exiles morph that everybody loved from, from that series. And the, the Age of Apocalypse. Uh, oh, the one that looks like nothing like this character? Yeah, but that's, like, what his personality is based on. The, the guy who laughs, the guy who makes jokes, that's, you know, that's this morph. And so, you know, this show gave us that right in the first episode. And so that was kind of neat. But, you know, I mean, we get to see, you know, Xavier and Jean, but like you said before... We don't really see much of Jean. Yeah, Jean. <laughs> Jean's not doing anything. She was just like wearing Cerebro or whatever, and that was kind of her contribution to this episode. <laughs> uh, it just set it up really well because, again, like I said before, like we are with Jubilee along for this ride to find out who the X Men are and what's going on in this world. So, like, you know, the viewer doesn't necessarily have to know about the X-Mansion and the Danger Room, but Jubilee trying to figure out her way around the mansion and getting stuck in the Danger Room, like, that's how we, you know, kind of learn about that until finally Storm explains everything to her. And, and, and it was great. She, she lays it out like, you know, we're, we're here to, you know, learn how to control our powers and, like, you know, protect humanity 
And, uh, you know, everybody's personality is just amazing. You know, Storm is like this very sort of soft-spoken, motherly, nurturing type character, but also like really badass and commanding. And Gambit is like suave and debonair and has that sexy gumbo accent. And Wolverine, you know, is just all fucking angry and wants to cut people. And he talks like Batman. (laughs) When uh, Jubilee blasts Wolverine in the danger room. Oh my god, that was fantastic. Yeah, and somebody says, is the child all right? And he goes, not for long. (laughs) I love his voice. I love it. So there was a little bit of a switcheroo from the comics because Jubilee ran into Gambit in the mall first and he he was like talking with her and stuff like that and you know, he was kind of like shepherding her in this episode and kind of like treating her like a like his kid or whatever. Yeah. And whereas like, you know, she, it was, you know, Wolverine who kind of had that role for her and Gambit had that role for Storm actually yeah. in his first appearance. But I feel like, you know, when they're when they're setting these things up in this episode, like setting up this world, what they really wanted you to understand about Wolverine is that he goes where he wants to go, you know? Because he, he says, says that. that like six times. I, I, it, and it's, and I love it, and I love him. But that's that's his whole thing, you know. He's he's a gruff loner type who can just pop his claws and push his gambit out of the way, out of the way, Gumbo. <laughs> like I love him. Yeah, absolutely. And and what's great about this, as opposed to say say like the movies. Is like the even in the first movie, you could tell that that was the Wolverine movie. But in the first episode of X Men: The Animated Series, it's not the Wolverine show. Like, sure, he he makes like a big impression, but it's not all about him. And you know, obviously, now years after both of those things, like we can look back and sort of say that. But that's not something that I really thought about at the time. Like Wolverine was at that time still a beloved character, but so was Gambit. Gambit kind of, you know, blew up, like, in a relatively short period of time. Um, You know, this was only, like, maybe two years after his first appearance. Yeah, there was, like, some tweet that I think I saw that was, like, everything in my childhood led me to believe that Gambit was going to be more important than he was. Right? And, (laughs) because, I mean, like, he, he did. He got, like, super popular. Everybody loved him, especially the girls, you know. And then he kind of just, like, fell off the face of the earth. I think I feel like he turned into a character who just, you know, kind of went in and out. You know, he wasn't like I mean, he's still sort of he's still a staple in X Men history, but he's just a character yeah, he's that not would like, like a mainstay, like uh, you know, Rogue or Storm or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, Gambit Gambit blew up at this time, and they put put him in the show, and he was fucking charming. He really was, and so that worked really well to have Rogue in there too, so they could have this sort of. And it didn't really happen in in this episode, but, you know, they had this sort of, like they did in the comics, this sort of romance, yet they can't touch that that whole thing. Yeah, so so in in this episode, we're introduced to Gyrick, even though I don't don't even remember. We just watched it, too. I don't even remember if he was named in this episode. He might have been. But so, you know, there's the mutant control agency that has a secret registry of mutants. And he's trying to, he's trying to find the mutants. And so, like, Xavier finds this out and wants a team to go destroy all those files. You know, so mutants will be safe. So- and, that's, and that's how they found Jubilee, was because her foster dad registered her. Because he's like, oh, they're not, they're not going to harm citizens. He's a fucking jerk. Yeah. Um, I hate learn, that dad. Learn some history. <laughs> I fucking, I hate, oh my god. I, I hated the dad so much. And there was like, 
I think it was in part two or whatever, where Cyclops is in the house and was like, you did nothing wrong. I'm like, this guy did exactly everything wrong. Like, how the fuck are you going to do that? It was terrible. But, so anyway, the X-Men go on the fucking mission to go to this uh, government building and get the files and destroy them. And Rogue gives us a little bit of, of her background and is like, you know, when I touch people, I absorb them and blah, blah, blah. She has one of my favorite lines in the entire series and I was so glad I got to experience this again, was like, you look nervous as a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs. I love that. I love that so much. But, uh, yeah, no, so we get, to, we get to see the team, you know, in action, like sneaking into this facility. Uh, Morph gets a little bit of a spotlight, and that was really cool, you know, turning into the guards and, like, confusing them and shit, and I love it. And then, you know, the cliffhanger is that they're about to enter this room, but there are guards with guns on the other side. Oh, no, what's going to happen? Yeah. I didn't think that was the best place for a cliffhanger. I would hardly consider that to actually be a cliffhanger. But I was just... They were in any danger? No. Those guards had guns. (laughs) Howdy, there were lots of guards. They had guns. When it just ended, I got so confused. I was like, what? What? And those guns don't shoot bullets, by the way, because bullets weren't allowed. You had to shoot laser beams. Oh, really? Yeah, they had to shoot lasers. It was like in the the Spider-Man animated series, but, but... And I didn't... I don't feel like I learned this until years later, but I'm sure I told you at some point, though, was that... In the Spider-Man cartoon, like, they couldn't say the word blood, so they had to change yeah, it to plasma. plasma. So, like, the episodes with Morbius, he needed plasma, and they had to they had to save all the plasma, which was really weird. Yeah. I re- now I remember that from reading a post on Tumblr about the Batman animated series mm-hmm. and the Joker doing that thing where the people were, like, frozen with those faces, yeah. the smiling faces, mm-hmm. and apparently... They wanted to, you know, have Joker kill them and, you know, the whatever FCC or whatever was like, no, you can't do that on a kid's show. And But what they did was like 10 times scarier. <laughs> it was like, I have like nightmares about that shit. Are you kidding me? Well, it's like, okay, it's like the, the fucking comics code. Telling, yeah. telling, uh, tell, and, and they, and the editors for the New Mutants had to tell Brett Blevins, like, nope, no Walking Dead on that cover, that scary-ass cover with Warlock and yes. Doug. No Walking Dead. So he's like, okay, I'll just, uh, trim off the feet. There you go. Problem <laughs> solved. And it still looks terrifying. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you can't really censor all this kind of stuff and be successful. No, but somebody did quote-unquote die in part two of this episode, but spoilers, spoilers, Patty. He's not really dead. He he comes back later. Good. We're going to have to watch this entire series now. I'm going to order it. (laughs) So if you were worried about what was behind the door, don't worry about it because Logan can smell the guards and the guns. Yep. Yeah. Because Storm was about to open the door and he's like, nope, I can smell. The gun oil. I can smell the guns and the guards. Also, he could smell lasers. He can smell. We skipped that part. He smells lasers. He can smell lasers. Yes. Yeah. What else can he's he smell? He's like uh, he's like some kind of dog. Can he smell what he's the rock is dog. cooking? Oh my god! I I've hope he can. Joke. I've made that joke ah. before. It's stupid. It's stupid. You know, in um, I know that they've come out with another one since, but I played. Ooh, the rock? Yes, they've There's... come with another rock. They come out with another rock. <laughs> I played the first Lego Marvel superheroes game like many many years ago when it came out, and if you were Wolverine. And you didn't move around. You know how characters like do different things, yeah. like turn towards the camera oh, or whatever. Yeah, I love that. He just starts sniffing really hard at the ground. He just goes. Wait, he goes down to the ground. Yeah, and he sniffs? goes down to. The, I think he goes down to the ground, but he definitely sniffs. He just stands <laughs> there and sniffs, and I'm like, 
what are these noises? And I couldn't figure out that it was actually coming from the TV. And I couldn't figure out that it was actually Wolverine sniffing. I thought that there was like something going on with my dog or like in the house. And then I noticed it was coming from the TV. And I was like, what the fuck is Wolverine doing? I love when video games did that. And they've been doing that for a long time. Uh, I think it was uh, the third Ninja Turtles game where, like, if you just didn't touch anything, like, whatever turtle you were would start tapping his foot and he would, like, look kind of worried. Yeah, like, Sonic right at did the camera. that, too. Sonic did that, too? Yeah. yeah okay. And he All looks right. he looks at his wrist, at his imaginary watch. <laughs> All right. So, anyway. So, of course, the X-Men are successful. And they, they get into the room with the, with the computers and, and the files and they start destroying everything and jubilee got trapped by the way she she ran away from the x-men and she got captured by a sentinel and so she's trapped in michigan ew <laughs> well my apologies to all of our listeners in 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 michigan why ew i don't know weren't they in detroit <laughs> what they were in detroit right i don't know detroit rock city what's wrong with detroit rock city <laughs> i think detroit has a lot of problems right now I think a, I think a lot of the United States has a That's lot of problems true. right now. To be fair, I think the collective states have a lot of problems right now, Patty. You're right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so the so the X Men, yeah. So they get into the room with the computer and the files, and they start destroying everything, and it's fantastic. And they're gonna go get away, but then a sentinel appears over the trees, and Wolverine's gonna attack it. But Morph sees that there's a whole bunch of sentinels behind that one, and yells for Wolverine to pull back. And this happens at the very same time. This was good timing. Morph yells for Wolverine to pull back just as Jean has an orgasm in the mansion. <laughs> she's got she's got her 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 hat her helmet on. Her hat helmet. She's wearing her safety helmet, you know, for safety as she has an orgasm. Because listen, it's important to, to wear protection whenever you're you're doing the fun things to have an orgasm. That's true. Am I right? Yes. Yes, I am right. Yeah, so she she starts orgasming because she feels Morph die. Oh, that's why? Yes. Get the frick out of here. Did you not know that? What? No. I'm... Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Listen, I'm really gullible. <laughs> yeah, because uh, Morph pushed uh, Logan out of the way and took the blast. <laughs> wait, I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's some friendly fire. Wait, wait, whoa, what? Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> so, uh, he got yeah. blasted by a robot? Yeah. Yeah, by, uh, by a, a little mechanical toy? Yeah. Is what he got blasted yeah. by? Poor Morph. So Morph, Morph dead. That's what Gene was freaking out about. Yeah. And that was uh, Gene's moment in this <laughs> episode. <laughs> and then Xavier's like, Gene, what's wrong? And she's like, here, take my helmet. And yeah. he just, he's just like, oh shit, I don't feel Morph. <laughs> so, so we I'm have. I'm never going to feel Morph again. <laughs> I loved feeling Morph. <laughs> <laughs> so so we have a second opinion morph is dead uh and yeah so so they don't explicitly show it at this point in the episode but you know i mean you can tell because then they could they come back to the mansion on the blackbird and storm is crying wolverine's pissed and i knew i knew this was coming and and i knew patty was going to be happy about it i wasn't but everybody knows this scene where you know scott starts to say something and turns around and Wolverine punches him right in the stomach and then, you know, runs off. He's going to go get in his fucking car and drive away. But then he turns to Scott's car and is like, he's like, tell Scott I made him a convertible. <laughs> he drives off. That was fantastic. I, I was I, I was so confused about this because Logan was so pissed that 
the team left uh, Beast and Morph there. Yeah. And I was like, well, how the fuck did they make Logan leave if he didn't want to? Wolverine goes where he wants to go. Right. So then they showed us the actual what happened. That didn't make sense. They showed us the actual what happened. Yes. And so Rogue absorbed his powers. So he, he went nighty night and they just the, kind of carried him into the plane. You know, in the meantime, we're finding out a little bit more about what's going on in the world. And, you know, the X-Men hadn't been like really revealed to the world yet. Like all this stuff with mutants is just starting to come out to the public. But obviously Gyrick has known about it for a while and he's got his buddy Trask who is making these Sentinels, and they're not all ready yet. They want, like, a fleet of 100, and they're not quite there yet. But then the president gets in touch with Gyrick, and she tells Gyrick that he has to stop. He has to stop the Sentinel program. He has to stop hunting them. And he's like, fuck you. They follow follow a Sentinel back to where it was made, uh, where Jubilee's being held in Michigan. Uh, Because Rogue, when they were following it, was like, this chicken's going home to roost. <laughs> they 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 met up with it in like the street or something, and you know like blasted its arm off, so it was going back to its headquarters to be repaired. And so all the X Men follow it, and so they get to fucking Michigan, and they you know destroy all these fucking Sentinels, and they you know let Jubilee escape, and it's great. Uh, the action is awesome. There were a couple of times where the theme, like a remix of the theme music, plays as they fight, and it's really fucking awesome. And, you know, Wolverine, like, lashes himself onto one fucking sentinel, and before he stabs it, he's like, this one's for you, Morph! And, yeah, it was just fantastic. They destroy all the sentinels, you know, Gyrick and Trask get away, and, of course, they're gonna come back and and be pains in the asses in the future. But, uh, you know, it basically ends with Jubilee telling her foster parents that she needs to go to Xavier's, because, you know, that's the best thing for her right now. Yeah. So, yeah, the X-Men save the day. Everybody is okay, except for Morph, which is sad. <laughs> and, and Beast, you know, I mean, Beast is okay. Yeah, but, Beast is okay. But, and I feel like this was for a, quite a while. I think we talked about, uh, you know, a very Morlock Christmas at the end of last year. But, like, that was the first X-Men the Animated Series episode I had watched in quite some time. But I feel like for almost this entire season, close to it maybe, Beast was in custody. He was just in that cell. And, you know, he was trying to be, like, peaceful about it. And he's like, no, I'm, I did wrong. I'm going to serve my time or whatever. But, like, that kind of stunk, you know? he's He was such a sweetheart in this show. He really was. He was really cute. You know how I feel about Beast. No, and, and you every, you know how I feel about Beast, too. Uh, and listeners know how, how we feel about Beast overall. But he was really cute and, and funny in this cartoon. And it was kind of sad that he was, you know, stuck in prison for, for a lot of, at least this season... Uh, and you he... should go in prison in the comics. What? What? <laughs> also, shout out to the show for thinking that a woman could be president in this country. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really like ahead of its time. Because, as you know, here re- we are. As of this recording, there still is not a, bre- a woman yeah, president. Yeah, here we are like 28 <laughs> years later. Still do not have a woman president. <laughs> I hated her voice, though. I'm sorry. I really did. It really irked me. I'll be honest. Like, I loved Morph, his character, everything about him. But, like, sometimes his laugh really irked the hell out yeah, of me. Yeah, his laugh was really annoying. I get what they were going for with that. I absolutely do. But, yeah, it, it, it got it got kind of annoying. But, yeah, I thought most of the voice acting for the core team, anyway, was, was pretty good. I think Gambit 
Gambit's voice actor changed later on, and it was not nearly as good. But this this one was was amazing, in, in my opinion. But yeah, I thought that you know for for a two part opening to this brand new cartoon, this X Men cartoon, who you know the only thing we had seen before was the Pride of the <laughs> X Men pilot. And before that, it was, what, one or two random appearances, I think, on Spider-Man and his amazing friends? Yeah. So that was it. I thought that they did a really good job, like I said, setting up this world um, just in these two episodes. And it was really dope. They did a really good job with all these characters and making them sort of interesting enough without taking just one character and focusing on that one too much. Like, we saw a little bit more of Jubilee, maybe, but again, we were... She was a vehicle for us, the viewer, to learn all to learn about everything that was going on. The only complaint, really, is that <laughs> Jean was almost nowhere to be found. Now there were our episodes later where you know Jean gets more of a spotlight, but and honestly, there's the Dark Phoenix too, right? Yeah, they did the yeah. Dark Phoenix saga. Yeah, so obviously, but <laughs> every episode that we're talking about on on this recording, there's like next to no Jean. <laughs> I'm I'm sad. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so these were two great episodes. Uh, again, I had to make sort of uh, an executive decision with this because this, uh, w- the Night of the Sentinels was tied with a couple of other episodes, but I thought this would be a great way to kick the episode off and talk about how the animated series began and kind of what we thought about it. And again, I thought it was great. Yeah, no, I did too. So, do you want to see Sentinel chickens going home to roost? Do you think playing solitaire was a reference to Gambit's man bits? If you see a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs, get it the fuck out of there while we take a quick commercial break. Hey, sugar, what's cooking? Gambit don't make no TV dinners. Course you don't. But how about you take a bite out of some podcasts, articles, and videos on geekade.com? How about we go to Paris instead? You want to end up in the hospital? Geekade.com is a website for everything geeky. From video games to comic books to wrestling to TV shows, don't waste time and energy on other websites. Geekade.com has everything to fill your nerdy needs. You can drain my energy anytime, Cher. Gambit got plenty. Don't you ever get tired of listening to yourself? Not when I'm talking about you, Cher. Check out Geekade.com today. (laughs) Do you like video games and also hate colon cancer? Well, so does Geekade.com, which is why Geekade has teamed up with the Colorectal Cancer Alliance for the fourth annual Pain in the Assathon. It's a 24-hour video game marathon where Geekade staff will take on Pain in the Ass video games for charity. Be sure to follow Geekade on Twitch, Facebook, or YouTube because the Pain in the Assathon is coming up in August. Stay tuned to Geekade and Mutant Musing social media for more details. Okay. So we still got two more episodes to talk about, and another one that got a lot of votes, uh, the second most votes, was A Rogue's Tale. And I'm going to start off by saying that I really liked some of this episode, but there were a few things that I really did not like about it. I'm going to start by saying I did not like this episode. <laughs> this is the my least favorite of the ones that we watched. God, yeah, I, I would have to say... I would have to say the same. I think that it did some things really well. And also, it had... There were a couple of my favorite characters in this episode, so I can't really dislike it, because it made me happy. The opening was pretty dope. You know, it opens with this woman walking in the rain, carrying an umbrella. Some fucking scumbag on the street wants to take it from her, 
and you know she like covers half her body and then pulls the umbrella back up and she's a fucking monster so you know the dude runs away and so we we have to know that it's uh we have to know that it's it's uh it's mystique uh and she's going to meet some shadowy figure in like some warehouse or some shit and it's mr sinister who helped get rid of uh xavier and magneto i believe this was the time when the two of them were trapped in the savage land together and so that's why sinister tells mystique like hey xavier is no longer with the x-men so you can go reclaim your daughter and by the way sinister was fucking terrifying to me when i was a kid i know i understand that i thought that there was something wrong with his lips though i thought either he was wearing lipstick or (laughs) just like wondering why the hell he had this like black stuff on his lips I'm not trying to say that, like, it wasn't drawn well, because it was, but I was stupid, and also I was scared. But it was <laughs> lipstick. What? It was lipstick. That wasn't lipstick. He wears lipstick. Mr. Sinister doesn't Mr. wear lipstick. Mr. Sinister wears lipstick. What? Are you going to look it up? Yes. <laughs> See? He's wearing lipstick. He's always wearing black lipstick. But uh, it's just, it looked, it looked, see? see, no, and I see that, but the thing is, is like, it looks sort of like it blends to his mouth. Even there, it looks like it blends to it. But I feel like in the animated series, when you're getting like these close-ups on his mouth, that it's just like so bulky. I don't know. I disagree. I feel like, okay, listen, I'm sorry. I feel like cartoon Mr. Sinister doesn't know how to apply lipstick. I think that's really what I'm saying. Bullshit. Lipstick for nasty boys. That's right. You like that reference? The, na- no. the nasty boys have had like 10 appearances probably. No, I know who the nasty boys are. Yeah. Lipstick for nasty <laughs> Fine, thanks. So, so anyway, we got to a couple of my babies. Pyro and Avalanche are attacking a carnival, and it's it's fucking great. And, and I love the the sort of Britishy accent that Pyro got. Nice work, Avalanche, old stick. Allow me. And then fucking Blob. <laughs> I love the Blob. Oh my god, the Blob was fantastic, but also, <laughs> but also, I feel like they couldn't get away with that in this day and age. <laughs> Because it's just blatantly fat jokes. But but he is literally the blob. I know. He's and a- I'm not saying I have any <laughs> I have like anything against this. I think it's hilarious. Then I'm glad that this exists. <laughs> I don't disagree with you, but I'm glad that this exists. Because the look on his face when he sees the ice cream and his voice, oh boy, tootie fruity. <laughs> oh my god. Oh you guys. You guys. That's fucking amazing. And, you know, so, so the X-Men show up, and Storm, and Storm finds Blob, and he's still eating his ice cream. That's literally, he, he destroyed, like, one of the fucking, uh, the games or whatever. And when Storm, when he sees Storm, he's like, no, you can't have any. And then just throws a tub of ice cream at her, and, uh, and it knocks her out. So, so apparently, Xavier was helping <laughs> Rogue forget that she absorbed another person inside of her. Because now that Xavier is gone, Rogue is starting to have these visions and flashbacks and screaming and all kinds of shit. Yeah, she's uh, she's doing a lot of screaming this episode. Lots of screaming. Give Jean a break. Yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> give, give Jean a break from screaming in the show. We'll have Rogue scream. Yeah, so she's like, yeah, he helped me. He he erased my memory. And I'm like, wow, what a That's great what, guy. What a great well, help. Man, such a good Rolling my eyes. <laughs> and so uh, Rogue is like seeing this strange mystery blonde woman just everywhere she's just like she'll just like see cyclops and then Uh he'll just like turn into this blonde woman i love it when he does that he's so hot (laughs) 
<laughs> and and it happens with like everybody and she just starts punching people but so yeah so Jean finds another presence in Rogue's mind but she but Rogue loses her shit and I thought that this was really cool and I mean come on it's the X-Mansion the X-Mansion gets destroyed literally all the fucking time right everybody. I mean everybody gets a turn destroying the X-Mansion so Rogue gets her shot and she goes from like the basement up through five floors <laughs> <laughs> and right out the roof and uh, and no, but honestly, I, I I really enjoyed that. That was that was cool to watch. But the hallucinations that she's having lead her to this hospital, and Mystique kind of lures her in. And so there's like nurses or whatever, and they're like, "This is our Jane Doe. We call her Sleeping Beauty." You know, fucking Mystique has the Brotherhood. You know, Pyro, Avalanche, and Blob keeping the X Men busy outside as Mystique is trying to talk to Rogue and like trying to convince her. That like, oh, come back and be my daughter again. And she has all these flashbacks about training. And, you know, she took Avalanche's power. She took Pyro's power. It was cute. It made a fire dog. Yeah, and made a fire dog. She made a hot dog. That was adorable. <laughs> and so so then um, Mystique was trying to train her. And so she basically sent her on this mission where she was like flying this plane. And Miss Marvel just decided to open up the roof and pop in and you know hang out with with the rogue and she should have checked to make sure that rogue was like really unconscious or like secured somewhere instead of just like opening the roof and rogue just like falls backwards and Miss Marvel's like I'm gonna pilot this thing now and not look behind me to see how that girl's doing yeah so then what happens the girl gets up and touches her yeah, and that's so it. Uh, so that was basically it. Rogue was on, I guess, Bluetooth or something with Mystique, and <laughs> Listen, whatever show... whatever nineties Bluetooth we had. What the? F- <laughs> <laughs> no, this is the, this is cartoons. They can they can they do were whatever. ahead of their time. Yeah, yeah. Portable CD players. Bluetooth, yeah, true. Female president. <laughs> Shit, we've only gotten two of those things by now. Yeah. <laughs> So she's talking with Mystique. Mystique tells her to not let go of Miss Marvel and keep absorbing her powers. So and, sad. Yeah, and Rogue was like, I don't want to, Mom. And then, you know, she just keeps doing it until, you know, Miss Marvel is in a coma. And then she leaves. Yeah, and that's... So Mystique wanted her to do this, she thinks, so that she could have permanent superpowers. So she had, you know, the super strength and vulnerability and flying now. Yeah. But also, now she had Carol stuck in her head. Yep. So Mystique tried to help her with that, but it wasn't working. So she ran off to Xavier, and he said, (laughs) in order to heal, you must forget. Yep, that's how we heal. Yeah, so he basically just made Carol shut up for a while. (laughs) Just put duct tape on her mouth. (laughs) Jesus. No, that's basically what he did. Yeah. But, uh, but, But really... What's going on throughout throughout this and, you know, the climax of this episode is, you know, Carol's been trying to fight for dominance. You know, that's where this whole episode really starts. But towards the end, it gets really bad. Carol is in Rogue's mind and really angry and really trying to fight for that dominance. And, uh, you know, this is where Jean tries to help and Jean gets in there and Carol is really mad. But all Rogue can do is apologize until finally... Jean and Rogue literally trap her. Jean creates this fucking cage with bars and Rogue like closes her in and then it like melts. So she's permanently trapped in there. 
And, you know, I mean, Mystique is still trying to convince Rogue that she's the only one who can help her. And it's like, you fucking bitch, you're the one who convinced her not to let go of Carol to begin with. But it doesn't matter now. The problem's solved. Carol, I mean, yeah, Carol is fucking trapped. Uh, we can't, we're not going to hear from her anymore. And then at the end of the episode, Rogue brings flowers to the hospital. And, you know, the nurse is like, you know her? And Rogue is like, yes, yeah, it's Carol Danvers. And then, you know, Carol, the body that's still in a coma in the hospital, just slightly smiles at the end of the episode. Yeah, and the the pulse or whatever beeps, yeah. like, once. Yeah. So I did not like that. <laughs> <laughs> I did not like that either. Um, it was really it the was, end. Yeah, it was the end. That really did. The whole thing with, with Jean trapping Carol in this cage and then like melting it so that like it wasn't even bars anymore it was just like all steel there were and a couple she- of air holes there- but there were <laughs> yes there were a couple of air holes but but that is not something that the x-men would do other than probably xavier um you know gene wouldn't do something like that because this isn't like oh hey maybe we can help restore her to the to her body or something which is what i thought they were going to do they just fucking, they're just like, okay, I'm sorry. She can't live anymore. She has to stay in yeah. here forever. Yep. Th- this is going to be her life. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. That, see, that, and that's really, that's really messed up. I mean, obviously, the, like, the focus of the show isn't on Miss Marvel or any of the Avengers or any of that. But, uh, but to do this, you know, I mean, it's, it's kind of, I, I feel like, you know, this is an important piece of X-Men history you know, and of of Rogue's history, obviously, that this happened. And the animated series did a really great job on sticking really close to the comics, but changing some things up a little bit. And you you said exactly what I'm thinking, that it was really the end of this episode that that kind of screwed it up for me. The rest of the episode was great. I love seeing the flashbacks to, you know, Rogue with Mystique and with the Brotherhood. The visions that she had. There was one point where right after Rogue absorbed Mystique, like she touched Mystique, she shaped, Rogue got her power, so she shapeshifted into Carol. You know, that was really interesting because in the comics, there were times where Carol's personality took over. And like, you know, it, you're in Rogue's body, but Carol, like, it's Carol's mind and her memory. So Carol, like, would go and meet the people that she knew from her time in, like, the service, but they don't recognize the body because it's rogue. So it was really interesting how they did that and had the fighting in the mind. It was cool, but, ah, oh, that ending. The ending was just really screwed up. Xavier has made a shit ton of questionable choices and bad, terrible choices. Uh, and, you know, for a kid's cartoon, I mean, maybe when I saw this when I was a kid, I didn't quite get it, but... You know, this really illustrates how much of a douchebag Xavier is. And Gene uh, wasn't a whole lot better. Yeah, no. And, and and when they showed Carol at the end, I was like, okay, so is this setting up that they're going to bring her back to life? I don't think they ever touched on it on this show again. I know that there was an Avengers cartoon, but I literally know nothing about it. It's possible Miss Marvel showed up in that cartoon. I have no idea. But I don't know what, if anything, they decided to do in the in the cartoons okay but yeah so so kind of stinks you know this episode was pretty great until you know like the final five minutes or so then it just kind of went off the rails but i do appreciate that that they touched on this that they touched on rogue's past 
I, I really do. Um, and her relationship with Mystique. Obviously, I love seeing the Brotherhood anytime we can. And it was great getting a focus on Rogue because Rogue is a really endearing character throughout this entire show. And rightfully so. The, the, you know, the writers did a really great job at getting to the core of the character and making you sort of fall in love with her. Uh, so the last X-Men the Animated Series episode we are talking about is Cold Comfort. And I was so happy that this one got the most votes because I loved this episode. They really played around a lot with the X-Men's history, but it's, in my opinion, it still worked for the story and it was still really interesting. And also some guests showed up at the end. Yeah, no, I agree. My main complaint with this was the first time that they showed Bobby on the screen, I thought that he was supposed to be black or Hispanic or something. Like, especially that first shot on the screen, if you, I don't know if you want to go back and look at it, but he, he looked like he was black and that he had, like, black hair. And when we eventually actually see him, he just looks really just way too dark for being a white guy. <laughs> what I think, and, and I don't know. Um, Maybe they wanted to differentiate him? What I think, what, so, so this is my theory. What I think is maybe they wanted to make him look tan because he was supposed to be uh, like the young hotshot rebel. You know what I mean? So they made him like this sort they of... They should have given him bleach blonde hair and given him <laughs> one earring. <laughs> but but I think, I think that that's what they were going for. Uh, I think that they just made him... They were drawing him as tan to try to make him like this sexy young hotshot. Now, I don't know this for sure... Uh, I recently got the official book for the animated series, uh, previously on X-Men. Shoutouts to Randy, a listener and a friend on Facebook. He recommended this book. I I knew that it was around. I just, so much, you know, life busy. I'm like, I don't know if I'd ever get around to it, but Randy got it. I, I saw that he got it, and I was like, let me know how it is. A few days later, he's like, oh, it was great. You should get it. So I got it, and I'm hoping to read it very shortly, so maybe we can... You know, this might answer, like, a lot of questions and a lot of things that we're bringing up. Because it's sort of like a behind-the-scenes look on it, you know what I mean? So that should be interesting. So maybe we'll find out why when we when we actually read it. But I agree with you, it was it was weird. It's very noticeable that he's much darker than, than we've known him to be in the comics. But it's still a great introduction. We have no idea why he's doing what he's doing. But there's obviously some sort of, like, military facility. And he's just fucking icing up and, like, destroying the place. It was It was great. Uh, throughout this episode, I have to say, he's got, like, no pro like, except for the one point where he's trapped in the mansion, he's got no problem fighting anybody who wants to fight or destroying whatever he wants to destroy. And I feel like this was before they really started talking up just how powerful Iceman is, but even back then, you think about it, like, this guy is extremely powerful and will have no problem taking the fights anybody he wants to or destroying anything he wants to. No, yeah, he was great. And Xavier called them all together on the Blackbird. And, you know, Wolverine is like, oh, if I don't get a full night's sleep, I'm cranky all day. Oh, he destroyed his alarm when the emergency yeah, thing yeah, went yeah. off. I so, love that. So they had to uh, go on the plane and Jubilee was like, I'm coming. And Xavier's like, no, you're not. You have to stay in the infirmary in case we need it. So... That kind of sucked, but when we get on the plane, you know, Scott is complaining about how Bobby was. He's that, a renegade. Yeah, that he's <laughs> he's mischievous, and 
he's like he's not a team player and You're he doesn't play by the rules. Always making excuses for him. Yeah, basically. <laughs> so here we have Scott as the boy scout. As the boy scout, complete boy scout. And here we have his complete antithesis as Bobby, who's fucking fantastic Perfect. and I love him. That was a great dichotomy. That was a really awesome thing to see in the X-Men. Like you know, Scott, even in the cartoon, was, you know, sort of like the good boy. And in this episode, it really came out. And you got to see that mainly because Bobby is such a contrast to that. And, yeah. and Xavier is just kind of like dad in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, after all the shit talking, they catch up to where Bobby is. And Beast is like, oh, Xavier says he's concerned for your safety. And they just all start fighting. So Scott is just like, you know, losing his shit at Bobby because, you know, he has like 10 demerits and Scott just can't. <laughs> what? <laughs> He's just like, like 10 demerits and Scott just can't. Yeah. Yeah. Scott's just like, you have to go to summer school, buddy. Stop. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, so then like all of these soldiers come running after the X-Men and they're like, Professor, we need your help. And then Professor X just projects into the, the mind, yeah, the brood to the uh, soldiers, and they all run away. Yeah, so they literally that... turn their helicopters yes. and fly the fuck away. And so the X Men are just able to run straight onto the plane. Yeah, and they uh, they capture they capture Bobby. Also, guess what? Guess what? Jean's been doing this time. What's she been fucking doing? nothing? <laughs> Jean isn't in this episode. <laughs> This might have been after Dark Phoenix. I'd have to I'd have to look it up. But yeah, so so you know, when they bring Bobby back to the mansion, they try talking to him, and there's a lot of yelling, and it's really funny. And then, you know, Bobby gets up to start walking away, but but he stops and and he stops just at the perfect place on the floor because you see this little cutout and Bobby's just standing there and and perfect. You push the button and all of a sudden Bobby gets gets trapped in this little fucking laser cage thing. And, you know, he refuses to talk to Xavier, tell him while he was attacking this uh, this military facility. So Hank, Hank goes to visit Bobby while he's stuck in there to bring him some stuff. And Bobby finally, you know, confides in Hank, says what's going on. It turns out that, you know, Bobby, you know, obviously was one of the first members of the X-Men. He got mad. But it was just along with Scott... Beast and Gene. Yeah. That's it. Angel. Angel. He had another role in this cartoon. They had already done something else with him. Uh, and at this point, it would have been it would have been weird to sort of retcon that. Okay. So honestly, I kind of appreciate that. Because in the comics, they don't give a fuck. <laughs> they don't care what kind of twisted history there is. At least in the show, they didn't try to do that shit. At least here, they didn't. Um, so I, I did really appreciate that. But yeah, so Bobby tells Hank why. You know, Lorna was part of the X-Men too. And she got hurt on a mission, and Bobby was like, fuck this, I don't want my girl to get hurt, so I'm gonna leave. And of course, Lorna went with him. And a nice, another nod to the comics was, the, you know, as he's telling the flashback, they show the door, and it's Bobby Drake, certified public accountant. Yes. Which was nice. And he's happy with Lorna. But, you know, again, like, as we, as we started to see in the very first episode... People are, like, the general public is finding out about mutants, and there's, like, it's very scary, it's very tense, and Lorna's like, we need to do something, and Bobby's like, fuck that, no, we don't. And so Lorna decides to leave. 
But when Bobby visits her, he finds her apartment was, like, destroyed. There's a piece of paper that says Kirby Glen. So he goes to the Kirby Glen uh, military base. You know, so Jubilee feels bad. So what does Jubilee do? She lets him out. She lets him out. Good for her. Let's go. Let's go back to the military base. Yeah, so the two of them are just standing outside. And he's like, you can stay here. And she's like, bitch, I broke you out. And he's like, okay. Destroy that surveillance camera. Yeah. And that was perfect. Because the way they set up this episode, like, in the very beginning, Xavier was saying something, and Jubilee's like, oh, I'll just go take the mini jet to go get this. And Xavier's like, no, you know you can't do that. So, like, you can sort of see the attitude that Xavier had about Bobby, like, happening to Jubilee. You know, it's like, no, you can't go do this. Or, you know, like, like it would it would turn out to be that same sort of thing where... You know, Jubilee is, is, like, sick of Xavier being all stifling. Probably like how he was to to Bobby. So I really kind of appreciated that, that Bobby brought her along and let her cut loose a little bit. So she's not treated like a child. Yeah, no, I love that. So, of course, the X-Men arrive. And when the X-Men arrive, so do these other people. And we don't know who they are Mystery yet. people. Yeah, these mystery people who suddenly, you know, fucking uh, jump onto the screen. Yeah, this was this was great. And, you know, of course, like, readers of the comics at the time knew who they were. It was it was X-Factor. Uh, and this fight was great. I mean, it kind of stinks that this was the only episode with them, to my knowledge, anyway. But it was still really cool to see this fight. But Alex said that they were going to see each other again. Yeah. Damn it. Um, <laughs> the thing that I really didn't like about this fight was that Guido got no lines at all. Neither did Wolfsbane. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Quicksilver. Oh, that's true. But, but I mean, Guido is, like, the one who talks. Guido and Multiple Man. I would love to have heard Guido's voice. Oh, me to too. And, like, I don't know. That just reminds me of, like, you know, Spider-Man not talking or something. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> You know, like, you're not going to have a quiet fight with Spider-Man. That's not a thing. The same thing with Deadpool. So that's kind of how I feel about Stronga not saying anything. I know that that would have to mean that they would have to either get more voice actors or, you know, get somebody to voice more characters. Yeah. But honestly, I really would have liked to have seen that. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. But still, the fight was the fight was a lot of fun. Uh, immediately, Jubilee takes out Quicksilver with, like, you know, the quick fucking firework blast. And of course, he gets back up and starts running again and gets her stuck in, like, this weird little mini tornado. But, you know, seeing Cyclops and Havoc fight and not know who the other one is. And, and this is one of those moments where I'm, like, okay with them playing with the history a little bit because that was really neat. It was really neat for the two of them to, like, square up, you know, and they're kind of, like, circling each other. And yeah, then, and they're they're hitting each other at full force, and they, it's not doing anything. But they're not first. Okay, first they don't even say anything to each other. But Scott, after walking in the circles, is like, "I don't like your attitude." And then yeah, they start blasting each other. And they're like, "Huh? Huh? Why isn't this working?" So that was like a really neat nod. I thought it was funny to see Wolfsbane go after Beast because first she looks kind of normal, and then she transforms. And, you know, you cut to Beast's face, and you're just like, oh, dear. And <laughs> she just jumps on him. Multiple Man had a weird voice. Not what I would have imagined. 
but I thought it was funny. But <laughs> Multiple Man tells Wolverine to punch him in the face. And Wolverine goes to, and Multiple Man just, like, punches his knuckles together and starts multiplying, and then they all tackle Wolverine. Uh, it was It was a great fight. Except for, you know, Strong Guy kind of gets the shit end of it because he's the one who's going after Iceman and nobody can touch Iceman. <laughs> he, gets yeah. like, he gets, like, no shots in. Yeah, and uh, another thing that I am okay with them having changed from the comic books is that instead of, you know, Alex and Lorna having that, like, peaceful, non-superhero life and living out in the valley and stuff like that, it was Bobby and Lorna. Yeah. And that was, like, okay, I guess. Yeah. It was just kind of weird that she's like, yeah, I knew you wouldn't agree to go with me. So instead of asking you, I just accepted Forge's invitation. And then, oh, yeah, I fell in love with this other guy. <laughs> so that was a little meh. I mean, I'm happy that uh, Alex and Lorna were together because I really liked them as a couple. But I don't know. There was there was something a little bit weird there. Well, no, I, and I agree because they didn't really give Lorna any other purpose than to just be this sort of love interest for yeah. these two men. And I'm not saying that, like, I, I, I'm not trying to say that, oh, the people who, you know, did the show, anybody's sexist or whatever, because I don't think that they are. Uh, not that I know any of them personally, but I, I don't think that that's the case here. But really, having these characters only in one episode, that's really all they gave Lorna to do. She was a love interest for Bobby. That didn't work out. What love interest for Havoc. And really, I mean, obviously they didn't plan on keeping Iceman around in the show. So it was a way for it, this episode to end with him being sort of like sad. His issues resolved. He knows where the woman is. And then he decides to walk off all sad in the sunset. You know, and that's sort of it. But And I'm... now he has to be an accountant for the rest of his <laughs> life. God, imagine. Uh... <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, small complaints aside, this, to me, was a really great episode. It was such a nice nod, again, to the readers of the comics, because I was reading... I wasn't reading too much of, like, Uncanny X-Men at the time. I was reading X-Force, X-Factor, uh, Gen X. Yeah, so I love seeing X-Factor in this cartoon, and, and this was this was a really great sort of, like, standalone episode. Yeah, and X-Factor is my favorite. Yeah. So... So, yeah, so, I mean, all together, you know, X-Men the Animated Series was a really great cartoon. I think, personally, it sort of, it holds up. I don't know, I have a lot of nostalgia for it, so it's, it's you know, a little hard to look at it objectively, but it's really a beloved cartoon. It's known for keeping very close to, like, not perfectly, but very close to the comics. It did a really good job playing with some of the details that it decided to play with and, and still sort of work. I'm I'm very happy that the episodes that got got the votes that they did did. Um, even though you know we weren't the biggest fans of a Rogue's Tale, at least the end of it. That like these were all I think really interesting episodes. Hopefully, we'll get to do more summer series in the future where we can talk more about the cartoons. But we still have a couple more episodes on the Yay! way. Yeah, so we got more X Men cartoons to watch, different ones. All right, so that'll do it for this special episode of Mutant Musings. Thanks for joining us, and don't forget to leave us a comment on geekade.com. Leave us ratings and reviews on iTunes or anywhere else you find our podcast. Follow us on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast and on Twitter at Mutant Musings. What do you think of X-Men the Animated Series? Is it your favorite X-Men cartoon? Join us next week with a regularly scheduled episode, and our summer series continues next month with X-Men Evolution. And until then... This one's for you, Marf!